right, go ahead and take your Bibles. Go to Matthew chapter 11 this evening. Matthew chapter 11. Boy, tonight I hope you'll pay attention to this message, especially if you have boys. Uh, this is going to be a really good uh, message for you. This is one that our society, our culture needs really bad. And very important thing we need, I want to talk about tonight. And I'm going to, I want to be truthful tonight. And I'm going to attempt to be, you know, kind. I don't want to be, I don't want to be mean or anything like that. And, uh, but it's going to be hard on this subject too because our world, our, our thinking is very warped today in so many areas. And especially in the area that I'm covering tonight. And this is, this is really important. This is really good stuff. This is a, my, uh, Mindset here that we need to have and we need to get in our heads. And unfortunately, we are being programmed today by the news media, by Hollywood, and uh, they have really warped people's thinking. And the evidence is everywhere. And so, what are we talking about? Well, let me read some scripture to you and then I will show you what we're talking about. We're going to start out reading in Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 in verse 1. It says, and it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and preach in their cities. Now, when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. And as they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitude concerning John, What went ye out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, Among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So right here we see a passage mainly about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, notice, he's in prison. Now, we all know why he was in prison. And we're going to look at that passage that shows why he was in prison in just a little bit. But he was in prison for preaching the truth. And it got him in trouble. John the Baptist, he did the right thing. But you know, while he was in prison, it looks like he gets a little discouraged maybe and he sends some of his disciples to Jesus basically asking him, are you the one we've been waiting for or are we looking for someone else? And Jesus told His disciples, hey, go back and tell them the things that you've seen and make sure you tell them, blessed is He whosoever is not offended in Me. Because you know, I'm, he, His faith was being tested a little bit, wasn't it? John, all he had done was preach the Gospel and he ended up in prison, didn't he? And that would be hard. And ultimately, what happened to John? He got his head cut off, didn't he? Think about that. He ended up in prison. He ended up getting his head cut off. Okay? But John the Baptist, by Jesus Christ Himself said, there has not been another greater than Him born of women. I mean, John the Baptist got about as good of a compliment as you can get from Jesus Christ. There is nothing negative 
in the Bible about John the Baptist. I mean, this passage is probably the closest thing that you can see to a negative is just John the Baptist questioning his faith a little bit. But you know what? We all have those times when we wonder a little bit. But John the Baptist, an amazing per, uh, an amazing person, but we're going to go back to a passage here in a little bit. But one thing I, that we can see about John is that John was, I believe, he was a man's man. John was a manly man. Look at Matthew chapter 3 and what it says about John. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And that same John had his raiment of camel's hair, and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Okay, now I know when it comes to manliness, we think it's an opinion thing. We think it's you know, uh, you know, it's it's relative, I guess, to different things. But you know what? People have always kind of had the same opinion of manliness throughout history. And you know what? Somebody who you know lives out in the desert, who wears animal skins, who wears leather, who eats locusts and wild honey, we would call that a manly person, wouldn't we? You know, and what I think about that, you know, what I think of. Bear Grylls, okay? You know, I mean, you know who Bear Grylls is. You know, and, and everybody thinks he's a man. The guy goes out in the wilderness all the time and he eats anything, doesn't he? You know, he lives off the land and he eats anything. And, you know, nobody would question his manliness, I wouldn't think. You know, after all that man's been through. But that was John the Baptist's life. And he didn't make millions of dollars from it like Bear Grylls did. And, you know, he didn't have a camera crew following around people that could probably save his life if they needed to. You know, he lived in the wilderness. He was a man's man. He ate bugs. Right? He ate locusts and wild honey. But notice, in, if you go back to Matthew chapter 11, some of the things that Jesus says about John, he, he asked them these questions. You know, as they departed, he began to say to the multitudes concerning John, went ye out for to see a reed shaken with the wind. Hey, what was he saying there? A reed shaking with the wind. Well, a reed, you know, one commentary I read said a reed you know, representing a man of light and fickle mind. Do you see any evidence that John the Baptist was fickle? That he was wishy-washy? That he was back and forth? A go-with-the-flow or a blow-with-the-wind type of guy? No, he was not. He got up and he preached it he preached the gospel. He didn't care who he was talking to. John the Baptist, he was everything that preachers today are saying we shouldn't be. I mean, he got he called people names. Oh, ye generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. I mean, he preached hard. He called people names. And I know they say you're not supposed to do that, but John the Baptist, he knew where he stood. He knew what the truth was and he wasn't afraid to speak the truth. And Jesus asked him that question because... It's like the complete opposite of what John was. What were you going to see? Because the truth is, nobody's going to go out into the wilderness and listen to somebody who is of light and fickle mind. Somebody who's all back and forth and wishy-washy. You know what? As much as the world tells us and the news media says, you know, hey, we need people who will compromise, you know, the world's looking for strong leadership. Okay? And that's why even guys like Donald Trump today are as popular as they are because as messed up as that guy's philosophy and politics are, he at least comes off as a strong leader. You know, he comes off as, you know, manly, I guess you could say. He's forceful and 
it, it, it's appealing to people. Unfortunately, you know, they need to actually listen to a lot of things he's saying, but it's all about how it comes off. And unfortunately, most of the other politicians today, they're going for this whole, oh, you know, you gotta go with the flow, you gotta bring people together, you gotta be all nice and sweet and don't offend anybody. And, you know what? The world's not looking for that. Nobody's looking for that. Nobody cares about that. Okay? We've got plenty of those people in the world today. John the Baptist wasn't one of those people. And people went out into the wilderness to go hear this man preach. Because he was someone who was different. But then notice the next thing he says here in verse 8, But what, what, what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. Now, what's he talking about there? Okay, this, Notice the soft clothing. They that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. And basically, that word soft... That word, it's only used those two times right there in the Bible. But the Greek word that comes from, it's used another time in the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. When it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Notice that word effeminate. Okay, soft effeminate, they mean the same thing. Okay, Now, I want to just start off by saying, if you are a female and you are and you act like a female and you look like a female and you dress like a female, praise the Lord. I'm in favor of it. God is in favor of it. God is pleased with you. When you dress like a lady, God is pleased with you. When you act like a lady, God is pleased with you. But let me tell you something. When guys do, God's disgusted. And you know what? I happen to agree. It's, it is sad how effeminate men have become. And Jesus said, you know, what would you have for see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Were you looking for somebody wearing effeminate clothing? Because that wasn't what John wore, was it? John wore camel skins and leather, didn't he? You know, he dressed, he dressed like a man. He probably went and killed those animals himself. He probably, you know, he's living on the wilderness. You know, I don't know what he had for him. He probably made his own bow and arrow and probably shot him down. Or maybe he, he may tackled him and choked him out. I don't know. I don't know how he did it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, a camel, uh, that's not really hunting, I guess. But he was a man. Okay, there's no doubt about it. When you look at John, he was a man's man. And he, and he said, they that wear soft raiment, are in king's houses. Okay, what's he talking about there? A man clothed in soft raiment. Well, the kind of one commentary I read said the kind of raiment here denoted was the light, thin clothing worn by effeminate persons. It was made commonly of fine linen and was worn chiefly for ornament. Christ asked them whether they were attracted by anything like that. He says that the desert was not a place to expect it. You know, you're not going to expect to see somebody dressed in fine, delicate pretty clothing living out in the desert, are you? Okay, John looked like someone who was living out in the desert. He was wearing skins and leather. He, uh, in, in the palaces of the kings, in the court of Herod, it might have been expected, but not in the place where John was. This kind of clothing was an emblem of riches, splendor, effeminacy, feebleness of character. 
He meant to say that John was a man of different stamp, coarse in exterior, hardy in his character, uh, you know, firm in his virtue, fitted to endure trials, and thus qualified to be the forerunner of the toiling and suffering Messiah. Somebody who, you know, these guys today that, you know, all want to wear the effeminate clothing and dress like women, they're not going to be able to make it. You know, they wouldn't be able to survive out in the desert. They're not going to be able to preach like that. The type of person that you would see in a king's palace who wears the fine, soft, effeminate clothing, you'd never find them out in the desert. It's uncomfortable out in the desert. They don't have a pillow out in the desert. You know, they can't have their cappuccino in the morning and, you know, all their little, you know, delicacies and, uh, you know, things that they need and, uh, another another commentary said, you know, were you attracted in the wilderness of Judea to see an effeminate courtier, which is a man who attends or frequents the courts of princes, one who courts or solicits the favor of another, one who flatters to please, one who possesses the art of gaining favor by address and complacence. Okay, and you all seen those movies from back in the old days where they had the kingdoms. There's always that just creepy, feminine-looking dude that does nothing but flatter the king. He's always a coward. He always says whatever the king wants to hear. He's always a go-with-the-flow type of guy. All the old movies from those days, they have those guys, don't they? Was that how John the Baptist was? Do we see John the Baptist trying to impress people? Do we see him trying to please people? When the religious crowd showed up, did he flatter the religious crowd? Absolutely not. He called them vipers. He called them snakes. When John was before the king, okay, why did John go to prison? Well, Matthew 14, verse 3 says, For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. Y'all see what he said when he was before the king? Hey, you're married to your brother's wife. That's against the law of God. Imagine telling the king, hey, you're breaking the law. Well, I'm the king. I am the law. Well, uh, no, you're not above the law of God. And John didn't care that it was the king. He told him exactly how it was. And you know the story. It made Herodias go absolutely nuts. And she hated him. She got her daughter to request for the head of John the Baptist. And she was the one that had him killed. Why? Because he did the right thing. So, John the Baptist, you know, Jesus, he uses an opposite. You know, were you looking for someone in soft clothing? Because you weren't going to find that with John the Baptist. Were you looking for somebody who is fickle in mind? Were you looking for somebody who is just going to compliment? Somebody who is going to tell people what they want to hear? You know, you didn't go out in the wilderness to hear somebody like that. You went out in the wilderness to hear a prophet. And this wasn't just a prophet. He was more than a prophet. There is none greater born among women than John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a man. He was a man's man. And we need men like this today. And the Bible says the effeminate, they are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And that is talking about men who possess feminine qualities. That word effeminate means acting like a woman. Unmanly. And once again, okay, now, one thing you're not supposed to say today, this is, this is politically incorrect, because it offends women, but this shouldn't offend women, okay? Like, if a boy is playing a sport, and he's not very good, you know, they'll say, you know, you run like a girl, you throw like a girl. Well, what are you saying? Are you saying that 
girls don't know how to throw, that girls don't know how to run. Listen, you know, it's a fact that when it comes to sports, guys are superior athletes. All right, I know you're not supposed to say that, admit it, but you know. If y'all want equal rights so bad, then you ought to get offended when you go out to the golf course and they've got the red tees for the ladies that are closer. Why do they do it? Because they can't hit it as far. Okay? Is there something wrong with that? No, there's nothing wrong with that. You are women. You are the weaker vessel. That is fine. Okay? When they have boxing, they don't have men versus women. That's not fair. Well, women can beat men. Yes. Some of today's women could beat today's effeminate men. Okay, some of these women today are scary. All right, let me tell you, they're and just like God doesn't like, you know, feminine women, He doesn't like manly women either. Okay, and so uh, yeah, there there are some women that could probably take me, um, but it's not because I'm effeminate; it's because they're manly. And so uh, just you know, understand that, but. You know, it's always been in our culture that guys aren't supposed to be like women. Okay? That guys are supposed to be different. And that will get you in a lot of trouble these days. Me saying that will get me in a lot of trouble these days with certain crowds. Those crowds I really don't care about. But it's wrong. Okay? Guys are supposed to be different. And so, uh, you know, that word soft, okay, it's the same thing, effeminate. Um, and there's actually some of the definitions that are in there. One of the words is that I've never seen it before. I looked it up and what it means, it's pretty bad. I'd rather not talk about it in church, especially in front of kids. But let me tell you, effeminate, not something you want to be called. Soft, not something you want to be called. When you're a male, you're not supposed to be feminine. And you know, one of the def, uh, definitions in uh, Webster's 1828, it means to uh, having the qualities of the female sex. Soft or delicate to an unmanly degree. Tender, womanish, voluptuous, which means given to the enjoyments of luxury and pleasure. Indulging in excess, you know, to these things. Okay, you know, one thing that women love, okay, you know, women love those luxuries things. They, they like going and getting a manicure and getting their toenails done. Okay, now that is an unnecessary luxury. But you know what? I'm okay with women doing that. Okay, if my wife, you know, she went not too long ago, I think, for a birthday and went and had her nails done, I'm okay with that. If my girls wanted to do something like that, that's fine. But if my boys wanted to do something like that, no, you know, my, my nails are nasty. But you know what? I'm not going and getting a manicure. I'm not going to go and have my nails done. That's that's for women. I'm not going to do that. My sister. She took uh, one of those uh, courses for doing hair and stuff. And so she needed to get so many haircuts and things to graduate. And so uh, I started going to her school to get my haircut. And I always went to a barber shop. A barber shop that only men went to. One that had the barber pole where you went in there and they have nothing in there but sports magazines, sports stuff everywhere, where no, nobody talked about anything but sports there. Chuck's Barbershop. That's where I went in Spring Valley. Now, I go to the exact same kind here, right there in Sterling. Uh, I, forgot, I forgot the name of it, but all sports stuff in there. Everything in there is all sports. That is all they talk about in there is sports. Barbershop, guys only getting their hair cut. But I went there, and I'm looking around, and it looks like a beauty salon in there. And women are in there, and they're, got their, they're getting their hair dyed. they got their hair in curlers. 
And they're doing all these things that women love doing with their hair in beauty salons. And the worst part about it to me, I, I felt so degraded being in there. These women were loving it. They looked so happy getting their hair done in these places. And I'm just like, I want to get out of here. I hated getting my hair cut there because I was like, this is a place for women. And, you know, guys, we're not into those luxury type things like that. You know, we don't want to get a facial. I mean, I'm sitting there, I'm watching these women, they got this stuff all over their face, getting these facial things done. And I'm thinking, I would be humiliated. But they looked as, they looked like they were in heaven. They looked, I mean, they looked just as happy as could be. But I'm telling you, I would be miserable. You know why? Because I'm a man. They were loving it. Why? Because they were a woman. They liked that type of thing. And if your wife wants to do some of that stuff or you want to treat her to that kind of thing, that's fine. Let them do it. But guys, no. I hope I don't ever see you getting your nails done somewhere. I mean, yeah, I should probably clip my fingernails instead of biting them. But and if I went there, I'm sure they can give me a manly manicure, but if or make it still look manly, but it's just not manly having somebody else do my nails. I'm not going to do it. Uh, and that is effeminate. It fits the definition of effeminate. And so, uh, you know, one of the definitions: womanish, weak, resembling the practices or qualities of the sex, as an effeminate piece and effeminate life. Another one: woman-like, tender in sense, not reproachful. Uh, you know, uh, of the verb of it, you know, uh, to effeminate someone is to make womanish, to unman, to weaken. Okay, and that's going on right now too. You know, boys, if they start acting too much like boys these days, meaning they go to school and they want to run around, they are hyper, they have a lot of energy, they want to destroy things, they want to knock things down, what do they do? They drug them up. And a lot of these drugs they're giving boys these days is just turning them into girls. It's making them act more like girls. And you know, boys are hyper. You know what you do when boys get hyper? You go and you... Have them run around. You know, make have them do laps around the school. Make them drop and do twenty push-ups. Do things like that. Don't drug them up. There's better ways to wear them out. I remember when I was at Camp Joy, we had what was known as the Rock of Discipline. And if boys got too hyper and it was time to go to bed, we didn't give them drugs. You know what we did? We had this big rock outside, and there was this big hill, and they had to carry that rock up the hill. And you know what it did? It wore them out. And then they wanted to go, they wanted to go to sleep after that. And I'm telling you, the rock of discipline, a wonderful thing. I, you know, I need to get a, I should, my boys are kind of past the hyper stage, but, uh, you know, you know, if you have younger ones, get, you know, get a rock of discipline. Good stuff. Uh, it'll make them strong. And it'll calm them down. And no side effects. Okay? No side effects like all the drugs. And it'll only make them more manly. Okay? So, just, uh, that, that's free right there. But, you know, the word effeminate definitely explains what's going on in our culture today. This is something that's very dangerous. It's wicked. And we have got to protect our boys from being influenced by this. Okay? And, it's, and it's hard. You see the effeminate qualities in boys today. And there's many reasons for it. You know, one, so many aren't raised in homes with fathers. They're, you know, they're being raised by their mothers. And, you know, so women are great, but they're... Not going to do a good job teaching manliness. You know, my wife all the time with our boys, she gets worried about stuff. You know, worried they're going to get hurt, worried they're going to break an arm. Uh, you know, they, I don't know if I want them climbing the tree, they can get hurt. And I, and I tell her all the time 
There are worse things that can happen than them falling out of a tree and breaking their arm. I've even said before there are worse things that can happen than them falling out of a tree and breaking their neck. And you know what that is? That's turning into one of these soft, effeminate weirdos that are all over the place. We see what the Bible says should be done with those people. And so the way I see it, now, I don't want my boys to fall out of a tree and break their neck or break their arm or break their back, but I definitely don't want them to turn into a weirdo. I'm avoiding, I'm avoiding using mean words right now. But anyway, uh, I, there are worse things that can happen. So, but, so what, just some things real quickly that we need to teach that you literally, you have to teach these things to your boys. And one is you have to teach them to dress like a man. Okay? Dress like a man. Now, I know this sounds real simple, but you know, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 22, verse 5, it says, A woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Now, that's pretty clear right there. Okay? That is pretty clear. If some, and that word pertaineth, it means it's made for, it's designed. Clothing, certain clothings, are made different for women than they are for men. You know why? Because our bodies are different. And things that were made for women, a boy should not wear. And things that were made for a man, a woman should not wear. Deuteronomy 22, 5, very, very clear. There, there's a huge problem with that. And today, there's this attitude and this, this unisex thing. You know, it can, you know, it's either way, it doesn't matter. Listen, I understand, you know, there's things, you know, if, like your family go and y'all get matching t-shirts or something. Okay, there are some t-shirts that, you know, there's certain items of clothing you can wear. They're not necessarily designed for a man or a woman. Okay, that, that's fine. But at the same time, there are certain things that is very clear who they're designed for. You do not wear those if you do not if you are not a member of that sex. And then there, but then there's at the same time there's other things that are meant to blur the lines of distinction. There are certain types of clothing that are meant to be unisex. They are meant to make men more feminine and women more manly. You need to stay away from those things. I mean, and you, know, you, you got to teach them that. I, I've done this all my life with my girls and my boys. And I, you're not supposed to do that in this culture today. But if we're in a store and we see something, and if my kids expressed interest, I say, that's for girls. That's for boys. I know you're not supposed to do that, but I do that. Okay, There are certain toys. No, that's for girls. That's for boys. My, you know, my girls, a lot of times, you know, uh, they'll, you know, they'll see something that they want. You know, maybe, sometimes it's even a food item. And I'll say, you know, this is man food. You know, like I'll get jerky or something there. And I was like, this, this is man food. Well, you know, why is it man? You know, and then I'm, I'm always talking about all these things are man food. And they're always like, you know, what makes man food man food? If, if I like it, it's man food. <laughs> and, you know, I decide what's man food and not man, what, what, you know, what's, uh, you know, woman food. And I'll say like salads and things, that's for women. Women eat salads. Men, we eat meat. We eat tough meat. We eat jerky. And, you know, and, Women can eat jerky if they want to, but you know what? Uh, yeah, I I do. I if one of my girls ever came to me and said, "Dad, I want to be a vegetarian." Okay, you know, Dad, I don't want to eat animals. I, I like animals; they're nice. I don't think you know they deserve to be eaten. Okay, but if one of my boys did, I'd be like, you know what? We're going hunting tomorrow. And, and, 
And whatever we see, we're going to kill, and whatever it is, you're going to eat it. Because you know, it is. That's that's not that's not manly. But you you got you got to teach these things. You got to teach your boys to dress like a man. Let them know that's for girls, that's for boys. You wouldn't believe some of the arguments I used to have with teenagers about clothing because you know we had a dress code for you know activities and things we would do at the church, and a lot of times you know they would they would be asking questions. Well, how come the girls get to wear this? Really? You're going to ask me that? You you want to be allowed to wear something because the girls are allowed to wear it? Not going to work with me. Okay? There is going to be a different dress code for the boys than there are for the girls. You know why? Because they're different. And that used to just irritate me to death. And people would usually say that one time to me. And then after that, I would preach them this sermon, basically. <laughs> they'd, they'd leave that alone. You know, how come girls get to wear earrings? Well, you know, because girls like pretty things. They like the voluptuous stuff. You know, they like, they like the jewels and the necklaces and bracelets. And, I mean, listen, there, there's no, for guys, there's no point in us wearing those things. Okay? Our lives are too rough. We're too rugged. You know, when you're out in the woods and things, walking through, you know, briars and sticks and stuff, you don't want your you know, your necklace getting caught on those things. So we just don't wear them. Okay? I wear a ring. Why? Because so, I'm married. I need to make sure all the women know that. And and I, I try to tell my wife, it's a good thing I wear this, otherwise I'd have all kinds of problems with them. But now it, it <laughs> when you're as manly as I am in this feminine culture. But that's it. You know, I wear a watch. I mean, I don't even have one right now, but you know, if you want to wear a watch, that's fine because I want to know what time it is. But you know what? I don't wear expensive watches. Not because I got a problem with it, because I would tear the thing apart. I'm too rough. If I if I wore bracelets and necklaces and all, I, I would ruin those things. But you know, many guys these days they wouldn't because they don't do anything. Okay, if you're just sitting around playing video games on your computer all the time, you know, you, you yeah, you can wear all that stuff and you'll be just fine. But no, now with the manly lifestyle, teach your boys to dress like a man. You're gonna be out working, you know, and you you gotta wear clothes that fit that. And one thing too that I've seen where, where I work, I can a lot of times tell if a guy is gonna make it or not make it by how he dresses to work. I have seen some guys come in. And these guys are these nasty, skinny little, skinny you know, twigs. Look like they have AIDS. Wear skinny jeans, and they they show up to work dressed like that, all in their you know name brand clothes, and wearing all their trendy little things. And I'm like, they are not going to be able to do this job in those clothes. But it's all they have. All they have are their pretty little things that guys are wearing these days, and they can't handle doing real work in those type of clothing. And those guys never last. We have women. That outdo those guys. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, these skinny little pansies that come in, and they do. They never make it. They never last long at all. They can't handle in there because it's cold. It's not 72 degrees, you know. And I I, I make fun of my kids all the time. You know, they're always complaining because I get the vehicle too hot, and you know they're constantly, oh, it's hot. Can you turn the air on? And then it gets too cold. Oh, it's cold. And what I, what I call you guys whenever you start doing that. Princesses, it's like okay, princesses, and you know, there's nothing wrong with a girl acting like a princess, but guys, come on, you know we're men. You know what? If we get hot, we just sweat. 
That's why we wear deodorant, right? We just sweat. You know, if, if we, well, I can't say too much about the cold because I like complaining about the cold. But, you know, we tough it out. And guys, they, don't, they, they can't do that stuff these days. And, you know, teach your boys to dress like a man. Teach your boys to act like men. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 7 says, Likewise ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, talking about your wives, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Your wife, she's the weaker vessel. Okay? Weaker vessel. I didn't say that. The Bible said that. Okay? And I know about some of the women that are out there that can take the guys. I understand that, but understand they are very rare and there's something wrong with them. Okay? It's not right. But men are to be the protectors. Okay? You know, guys these days, I mean, somebody breaks in the house or you hear something. Sounds like somebody's wandering around your house. You don't send your wife out to go deal with that. You know, the guy goes and deals with that. I do this all the time. Whenever we get home at night and you know it's late or something, I always open the door and Allie, she's always like the first one. I was like, all right, Allie, go inside and check for burglars. She's like, and she always just stops. I'm not going in there. And you know, the guys are supposed to do that. We're the protectors. Women and children first, right? That's the way it used to be, but not these days. You know, te- but you got to teach your boys that they're not being taught that they're not being taught ladies first. They're not being taught. No, you hold the door open for the lady. You see a lady carrying something, you can help her with those things. You know, just that is not being taught. And I understand that feminism has hurt a lot of that. They've kind of killed chivalry. There's the women out there that won't let the men hold the door open for a lady. And you know, I've heard, if you ever that ever happens, you go to hold the door open for a lady, just be polite, and she refuses. Because she's a woman and she doesn't need a man's help, just say, "I'm sorry, I thought you were a lady," and just and then just move on, let the door close. But you know, you got to teach them that type of thing. You know, you have to instill that in at home. They're not going to be taught that at school. And you know, it's funny too; they're being taught all these things about you know equality and everything. But then at colleges, they're trying to make all these mandatory classes about domestic violence and about you know not beating women. And it's like, well, wait a minute. If women are equal, why is it worse to beat on a woman than it is to beat on a guy? You ever thought about that? I mean, you know, but it's it's you know, it's a double standard. But it is it is wrong. I mean, any guy that beats up a woman, there is something wrong with that guy. That guy is not manly at all. The man he's a coward. Okay, if he was a real man, he would give honor to her as unto the weaker vessel. That's what the Bible says to do. But you've got to teach them that. Teach them to be protectors. You know, you've got to teach them to be men in the sense that, you know, guys shouldn't sit like a woman. Okay? You know, I've mentioned before on YouTube, they've got all these videos showing the comparisons between Obama and Putin. Okay? And huge differences. Okay? And one of the pictures they showed of Obama that just. I was embarrassed he was our president. And there's been a lot of times I've been embarrassed. But this was another one. He was on The View. And he's sitting in the middle of all the women. And all of the women on there are sitting with their legs crossed like ladies do. And so was Obama. Okay? He was sitting there with his legs crossed. Just like... He fit in so good. He fit in so good. Uh, uh, it was terrible. You know, guys, we don't sit like ladies. We don't do that. We sit like men. And it's... It's different. You have to teach them that. You, because said, so it's this type of thing, you know, this feminine 
stuff, it's being shoved down our throats. If your kids are watching television, they're going to see a lot of feminine boys on there. They're going to see feminine behavior. They're going to talk. I don't even like talking like that. I don't even want to talk like a weirdo. I don't want to do it. And they are going to see that stuff and they're going to pick up on those things and you have to teach them, hey, in this house, that's an abomination. If I see you sitting like a woman, alright, I'm going to make you uh, come up with some kind of you know punishment and make them never want to sit that way again. I'm going to make you do you know a hundred push-ups or something. You know, don't I mean you got to teach them that's wrong. Don't, you know they shouldn't walk like women. But man, a lot of guys do walk like women, and maybe it's because they dress like women. I don't know. I mean, if if I wore a skirt, maybe I'd walk a little different. But I don't wear a skirt, so I'm not going to find out. Okay. And guys today, they do. They sit. They walk. They talk like women. You know, why do guys always got to talk to their noses like this? You know, why do they got to talk with the high voices? I mean, it's, it's like the new polite voice. It drives me nuts. I go into a gas station. I go into a restaurant. And I'll hear these guys, some of them, they're talking to their friends and stuff while they're working. And they're talking like normal guys. And then they come up to the kind of, Hi, how can I help you? And they, they talk like a complete weirdo. And I was like, well, you can help me by not making me lose my appetite by talking like a weirdo. Talk like a man. There's a reason you have a deeper voice. Okay? There's you know biological reasons for that, and there's another, there's biological reasons women have higher voices. Why do you think you need to talk like them? You don't need to talk like that. And dads, don't let your boys talk like that. You know, get on them. You're a man. We have bass voices. You know, we talk with the oh he you know he's just naturally has a high voice. No, teach them to be manly. You might have to give some instruction. And I'm telling you, it's just it's it's making me sick. And I was just talking about this morning. I'm worried because, you know, I go to some of these places too. And if there's a guy that waits on me or tries to help me, and it seems very apparent that he's one of them, I'm not polite. I don't put up with that. I don't. I will. I will leave that place. And I just. And sometimes I might even be a little bit rude. But I, I am I'm careful, not because I'm you know worried about offending some freak, it's because I'm afraid maybe they're not. Maybe they are a regular person and they just have not been taught that you're supposed to be manly. You're not supposed to talk like a girl. You know, there are some jobs that guys just shouldn't want to do. You know, if if you're a guy, you shouldn't want to work at Bergner selling perfume. Okay? I mean, you shouldn't want to do that. I understand that they make the same money, maybe. But no, you should want to be. You should want to work somewhere else. You shouldn't want to sell purses. I know of a guy that sells purses. I'm sorry, I'm not selling purses. I don't care how hungry I get. I don't care. I'll find something else to do. I'm not selling purses. I'm not doing that type of work. But people are doing that. You got to teach them to be different. You got to teach them to act like men. Teach your boys to. Talk like a man, and once again, not just in the vocal, you know, the high or the low thing. Look at what Matthew 14, verse 3 says. We looked at it before. Look at it again. What did John say to the king? When he was talking to the king, it is not lawful for you to have her. Now, let me ask you I know we can't see what's going on here, but from what we know about John, do you all think when John said that to him, he was like, not well for you to have her. 
Do you think he did that? Excuse me, what did you say? It's not, it's not lawful for you to have her. No, I think he said, it's not lawful for you to have her. You took your brother's wife. I think he pointed the finger in his face. He called him out. And let me tell you something. Preachers today, I mean, they are as effeminate as all get out. Even in Baptist churches, this new trendy culture that's going on in churches, these preachers, I mean, this is the way, I mean, most trendy preachers today, if they were standing before Herod, the way they would do it, oh, Herod, Herod, God loves you so much. Oh, you're a sinner. But I'm a sinner too. We're all sinners. And Herod, I. You know, the Bible does say, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Now, I know the Bible says, Whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after has committed adultery in her heart already, and I'm an adulterer too, but man, you, really, you really shouldn't do that. That's how they are today when they preach. Hey, you know, you know, I'll just be telling them, You're a sinner. You need to get saved. You're on your way to hell. But no. Oh, God loves you. You all are so wonderful. He just thinks you're special. He loves you just as you are. And after telling them how special they are, but now, would you like to get saved? Well, why? I, I, I sound pretty great. No, that's not the way they preached back then, did they? It is not law for you to have her. They would call people out for their sins. Remember Nathan the prophet, what he said to King David, to the king? He gave him that parable about the man who had the one sheep, talking about David. And then he finally he tells David, Thou art the man. You're the one. You're the sinner. You know, they used to do that. Preachers used to do that. They used to call people out. Hey, it's not you, you're a sinner. You're wrong. Jesus told the woman at the well, Thou hast well said, Thou hast no husband. Thou hast had five husbands. What do you do? He called her out, didn't he? You've had five husbands. And today, most boys, they don't know how to look people in the eye and tell them the truth. They can't, you know, got a lot of guys these days, you talk to them, they can't even look you in the eye. Always looking down. They can't do that. They, 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 don't, they don't even know how to give a firm handshake. I appreciate Brother Ray's handshake, man. That guy feels like he could just, you know, let me have it if he wanted to. I mean, he shakes his hand like a man. You know, a lot of the guys who shake their hand these days, it's like a dead fish. I'm not impressed with that. Okay? If your boy shake his, you shake his hand, it feels like a dead fish. You need to go buy him one of those hand things where you squeeze and you know strengthen your grip. So this is not acceptable. You need to go give him some chores so he'll naturally strengthen his grip. That's not okay. But you know, teach people, you know, teach him to look people in the eye and to tell the truth with respect and boldness. We're not going to go back and look at it, but Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in both stories, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were there before Nebuchadnezzar, they were respectful to him. They were, you know, we are not careful to answer the O King. Said our God, He's able to deliver us, and He will deliver us out of Thy hand, O King. But if not, we're not going to worship Your image. They told him the truth. Hey, this is how it is, King. They were still respectful, but they told the truth. Daniel did the same thing. You know, he said, "Oh, King, live forever." Daniel was respectful, but you know what? These guys, with boldness, they would look these men in the eyes and they would tell them the truth. And many, many young men today, they cannot do that. They cannot look. They don't know how to look people in the eye. They don't know how to speak with boldness. They don't know how to have respect. They think they're manly by they think they're being manly by being sassy. By being a smart aleck. That, there's nothing manly about that. You don't see that with people in the Bible. That's that's not the way they did things. 
But yet you see that today. You know why? Because they're cowards. They're wimps. They'll stand in there and they'll be talking to one person and they'll act like everything's okay. And then when that person's not around, they'll have all kinds of terrible things to say about them and trying to act like big shots. You know why? You couldn't say it to that person's face because you are a coward. Because you are not manly. And we need to teach that to them. Teach your boys to work like a man. In Genesis 3.19, we see God said from the sweat of His brow. He was going to sweat. You know, most guys quit jobs these days because they find out they had to work. They had to sweat. Listen, I know, I know some guys. I know one guy. He quit his job in the grocery store because he had to walk too much. I'm sorry you had to stand on your feet all day. Sounds like life. Sounds like you know that. That's just, sometimes you have to work. I mean, if you can get a job where you don't have to do a lot of physical labor, that's wonderful. But you know what? Sometimes you might have to do that stuff, and you don't just quit your job because you you were sweating that day. But many do. Oh, it's hot where I work. It's uncomfortable. Deal with it, princess. You can handle it. If it, you need it, you gotta teach him that stuff. Proverbs 21-25. The desire of the slothful man killeth him, for his hands refuse to labor. Labor. Work. There's gonna be days when it's painful. There's gonna be days when you don't feel like it. Now, I'm telling you, there have been so many days where I've went to work and I wanted to do nothing more than just leave. But you know what? You have responsibilities and you know, you man up, you deal with it. It's just life. You know, and you got to you have to teach them these things. Teach your boys, your boys, to endure trials like a man. Second Timothy two three. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Learn how to deal with things that are hard. You know, my kids many times since they've been little, they're doing their schoolwork, and they'll start crying. It's hard. <laughs> and you know what I say. It's good for you. It's only going to get harder. You know, you're struggling with it. You're struggling with this now. Wait, you get into fifth grade and sixth grade. It's going to get even harder. But you know what? I'm not being cruel. It's good for them. They need that because, you know, as hard as school is sometimes, wouldn't you say that working 40 hours a week, some of the jobs you've had to do has been a lot harder? Absolutely. Yeah, life is hard. It's difficult. And so you've got to teach them to endure those things. And I've, I've been blown away at some Christian parents that I've been around growing up. That I mean, just any time, like as a youth director or when I was teaching, I would try to challenge these kids. And they, you know, because I'm, I thought I was there, I'm trying to help them. And then, you know, you, you try to challenge them a little bit. And, you know, and you expect the kids to throw a fit a little bit sometimes. But then the way their parents would come run to their defense. I don't think they should have to do that. Why? Is it because you're trying to keep them effeminate? Or is it because you just don't want to listen to them complain? How about just backing me up and saying, deal with it. That's life. And, but that's just not how people are these days. We need strong men today. Now more than ever, this world's not producing them. They are promoting the effeminacy. And the job... It's ultimately up to the fathers. Don't put it on your wife. Okay, We've got to do our best to guard our sons from these destructive influences. And I'm telling you right now, television, okay, if they're watching that stuff, they're going to get caught up in these things. You look and you see just... You know, except I don't watch... 
I, I don't have regular TV at my house, so I, I'm not able to keep up with all the fashions and trends. But I do. I see sometimes I'll go to things and I'll see all these boys just wearing the most queer thing you've ever seen in your life. Christian boys. And then I'll see some popular movie or some famous person wearing it's like, well, that's where it came from. They're watching that and they're picking up on these things. You need to be careful what they're be careful what you're letting them watch. Those things will rub off on them. And you know what? That's got to be unacceptable in your house. No girly men in my house. No 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 effeminacy. That is wicked. The Bible says the effeminate they are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. It is a wicked, wicked thing. And you know, I understand that we live in America and things are pretty easy in America, but you know what? What are we going to do if the MP ever hits? If we, if we ever lose the power grid? You know how fast these guys are going to die? They're going to die so fast it's not even going to be funny. But you know what? The manly men, they'll make it. They'll survive. They'll be... and. I want that to be my voice. I want that to be me. And I'm thankful I was taught how to be a man. You know, my dad, you know, he he taught I was that's how I was raised. That's for girls, that's for boys. Girls do that, boys do that. That's what I was taught. We're different. And I know that sounds so simple, but you know how politically incorrect that is today? And people are falling for this, and you know what? We're seeing the results of it. We're seeing how homosexuality is growing today. And it's I believe it's because of, of you feminize that boy, then he'll start liking things that girls like. And girls like boys. That that's what's happening. And that is not acceptable to God. It's not acceptable to me. And so I hope that you will uh, you'll you'll promote manliness. You'll and you will encourage that with your boys, your girls, if they want to play princess, if they want to go get a manicure, hey, you know, Dad, I understand you want, to, you want to complain about the cost, but encourage your girls to be girly, and discourage, but discourage your boys from it. So, with that, let's all stand together. Teaching.